Hello, and welcome back to the I Knew You'd Understand podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Kerrigan, and we're really excited for today's episode because we realized we formed our friendship on basically one common ground, which is that Pre-Med <laughs> is evil. Is that correct? Pre-Med is evil. That's but all... I mean, we didn't start that way. We we used no. to think we wanted it. We did used to think we wanted it, and so we wanted to make our episode dedicated to all those people out there <laughs> that have a fake mindset, Yes, thinking that this is what you should do, mm-hmm. when in reality, it's not the purpose for you, for you, or in your heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not. If you're out there. And you watch Grey's Anatomy, or that was your, like, main show in high school. Really, really, really evaluate if you actually want that life, or you just think that you want to be Meredith Grey, and I think that will that will inform a lot of the choices you should make. That's the first thing you should do. Evaluate. <laughs> Step one. And also realize that you, I mean, okay, we'll just get into it, but just realize that you can be someone as awesome as Meredith Grey mm-hmm. well sometimes she has her moments of not being awesome <laughs> but as like you know hardcore cool yeah. as Meredith Grey in any profession absolutely um yeah wait so why did you want to do pre-med let's kind of give us a rundown. yeah okay so my story about pre-med is like I don't really remember like when I decided it was what I wanted to do I was pretty like lost in high school um we can do an entire episode on this but I was a horse girl actually (laughs) and I'll take it in real story it was my entire life so many people do not know that about me I know it's crazy but it was like my entire life like I had practice from as soon as school ended to like 9 p.m at night at sometimes Anyway, so I didn't really, like, know what I was going to do. I thought that I was going to ride in college. Yeah. And so I didn't really care that much about what I was going to do. For sure. But I really liked science. Like, that was, like, my favorite subject in school. Mm -hmm. And then my senior year, I took an anatomy class, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. But I realize now I really just loved the teacher. But I loved my anatomy class. So Mm -hmm. I just, like, I remember my anatomy teacher was, like, what are you going to study in school? And I was like, I put biology for all of my like applications because that was my favorite subject. And she was like, I really think that like, if you wanted to pursue medicine, you could like, because I was good at anatomy. So then I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I like, again, like I liked those shows. I liked Grey's Anatomy. My mom is a veterinarian, so it's not the same, but I kind of understood the lifestyle a little bit to yeah. an extent and so I was like oh that just makes sense mm-hmm. Got it. that was my story what is your story pretty well I wasn't a full-blown horse girl but really? I do you think <laughs> <laughs> the similarity of our story is that we were both like perfectionists school was a huge part of our identity and being good at school was a huge part of that and so it's like true if you're good at certain subjects people just kind of push you in that direction and so right I think mine was sort of the same thing where I was like I took 
you know, AP bio and all these other things. And I was like, oh, I love this. I took physiology of disease and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like figure out what these things are. And medical shows were like all I wanted to watch. And I was never like, you know how people are queasy or grossed out by stuff? That was never me. And so I was like, I could totally do this. This would be so fun. And yeah, I think I also had a teacher tell me I had to sign off. If you were going to take a certain level class, you had to get your teacher's approval and my teacher was like oh you could absolutely do this like you you could be a doctor and so I was like okay that's what we're gonna do so I was also we both were biology majors to begin yes before you go into that I have one more question for you Mm -hmm. I felt this like push just because I was good at school Mm -hmm. that that automatically meant that I was like gonna be a doctor like it felt like that was the profession that everyone else that was really into school also chose I feel that I think yeah my high school was like crazy competitive and I think all of us who are in like the top like 20 percent all of us were going into school with the intention of being engineers or doctors that was like same that was it that was how my school was it was either like you you were really good at science or math and so those people all wanted to be doctors or at least that's what they said and then the people that excelled in history English they all went and said I'm gonna be a lawyer Mm -hmm. totally so that was kind of just like for some reason I thought that's just what the kids that are good at school or like are high achieving do when um did you like know or have an idea of what you wanted to be in the medical field? Because I know me and all my friends were like, this is what I want to be when I'm a full doctor. Um, I think that when I started getting asked that question was really when I started realizing I wasn't sure if this is what I wanted <laughs> because I couldn't really visualize myself in like after that point Mm -hmm. like I only could ever visualize myself like getting into medical school got it yeah um and so I remember talking about that with people and thinking like okay well I could be like a surgeon because again I didn't have like any like queasy things yeah and I think too I can't wait for when we do an Enneagram episode Mm -hmm. but I am a two wing three and my wing three gets the best of me sometimes Mm -hmm. and so I think then I was like oh my gosh well I would have to pursue like a really hard thing yeah and I think I was like I'm gonna be a surgeon or I'm gonna be like an orthopedic surgeon I think that was like always my answer because I thought that that was like high achieving enough what's the hardest one I can do that's what I want (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) I remember yours you do I remember you told me when our like first time we like studied Uh, I think. What did you think? Or what do you... I thought that you wanted to be an OBGYN. Yeah, I I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I honestly would love to be like a midwife, maybe when I'm older and have, you know, done other things. Because I just think that childbirth and feeling comfortable with that process is so important. And I think that aspect, any aspect of being an OBGYN, I'm like, it's just thing where you want people to feel comfortable and people don't feel comfortable. And so I'm like, right. I would love to help make that process better for people. So that's what I wanted to do. Then I found out that that was like one of the worst areas to be a doctor in because your malpractice suits 
are like exponentially higher than any other area because it's about your children or about your health in that area um so then I got really very vulnerable like emotional yeah oh yeah but that's what I thought I was really confident that one day I would be delivering children and performing examinations like the thing is like you say that to me and it's like if I didn't know you and like what you actually care about like to do like your passions I would think like you would be great at that Mm -hmm. well same like I think that you have all the qualities that would be excellent at that we definitely well we'll get into this I think Mm -hmm. we have some good (laughs) words of advice and whatever but um there's definitely an aspect where we both chose something else not like we gave up you know it was like this isn't what I want that is why I think pre-med is evil because I think it makes it seem like people who don't choose that have failed yeah and that's just so far from the truth like I am so confident in you and also myself like I know if I wanted it hard enough I would have gotten it yeah like we I would have tried I know- harder. T, but I'm also like if that was what you really wanted nothing would have stood in your way yeah for sure. Like you would have fully been, you were fully capable and smart enough and all of these things to achieve that. It just, if you choose that, it's not what you want. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I just wish that that wasn't constantly the narrative, like only the strong survived. Yeah. Because it's not true. Okay. We went to Pepperdine University, not to say that this woman is terrible or evil or anything. I honestly think she's really nice. I just think... Yeah, and good at her job. Absolutely. When you're funneled into a freshman class, a majority of people going to a university with relatively high standing are trying to go pre-med or whatever. That class, everyone who had selected that route, that was a big group of people. So There was probably 200 to 300 people, I think. Yeah. So they had a meeting during one of the orientation days that was specifically for pre-med students. And I went with my parents. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they going to tell us? Blah, blah, blah. I left that meeting sobbing, like hysterically crying. And we were not the only two. There was like at least 40 kids sobbing, leaving this meeting. Yeah. It was this large meeting where you were with everyone that had indicated at some point that they were Mm pre-med. And I just, I remember it so vividly because I remember her saying like, like 2% of you will actually get there. She was telling the truth, but it was a harsh reality. Yeah, she was for sure right. But she was basically like, this is not going to happen for you. (laughs) Like it's for like it's just not it's not gonna Mm -hmm. happen for all of y'all and was she was also like um I think that you should be serious about switching your major if you value a personal life if you value family if you value study abroad this isn't for you which is really hard to hear and yeah and I think when you come in and you're uh fresh out of high school and you're like oh my gosh my life's about to start and then you're told like oh make this massive decision and also the thing that you think that you want because obviously it wasn't what I really wanted but at the time yeah. it felt like what mm-hmm. it was what I really wanted and so when you're being told what you want is not obtainable it's obviously going to make you want to sob and <laughs> freak out it was also just 
I mean, the goal of that meeting was to weed out people who weren't going to do it, weren't going to drop it, were going to bring down the overall rating of that little sect, like just on a university scale, you know, they want their ranking to remain high. And the way they do that is having a really small number of students who are high achieving in that area. So she... Right. They only let the best apply. But she was ruthless. And I mean, we seriously hadn't started college. And the words she said to us was like... No, I hadn't even gone to class. (laughs) It was so shocking. She looked (laughs) straight onto us, like hundreds of 18-year-olds. And she said... If yeah. you don't have a 4.0, you will not be going to medical school. She was like, if you choose to go abroad, you will have a significantly harder time going in, getting into medical school. Like, if you don't know what you want to do and have already started getting, like, hours shadowing or practicing. Practicing. Yeah, she was like, you are at a disadvantage. And so we're all freaking out. And that just yeah. set up a really, really bad <laughs> tone for I think a lot of people at our school but us two specifically we were horrified I know people that left that meeting immediately and switched out which it's like I feel conflicted because I think that that does have a purpose Mm -hmm. that works like if you like you do have to be realistic if that's what you want to pursue it's such a crapshoot of a Mm -hmm. system and of a way of getting in so like do I think you should hit someone <laughs> with that bef- when they're just trying to, like, be excited mm-hmm. about college? No. no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say uh, that you can learn those things later. So that just put us on a trajectory of fear. Um, yeah. But then we kept going throughout first semester. Ugh. I changed my major to sports medicine. Yeah, because do you remember in that meeting she said if you really want to pursue medicine, you should think about switching your major to sports med because it's like not that it was easier, but it was just like I think it was less classes or less like mm-hmm. something. And she was like, it doesn't matter what your yeah. major is, like you can get into medical school. You just have to have a four point oh and do all these science yeah, classes. I switched because um because there were so many people on the pre med track, we didn't all get put into chemistry and biology and I didn't get into either of them um because of my registration time so I switched to sports med so that I could take other classes to stay on track because she she also was like if you're not in these classes or if you miss one course your whole four years are off and I was like oh my gosh I have to go change my whole schedule right now so dude and she in our first episode we talked about being in the other Mm -hmm. math class and I remember she said in that thing like if you're in this math class, like, <laughs> good luck, like, mm, slow chance, like slim chance of you doing that. And I remember being like, oh, I'm in this math class because my freaking SAT, like, this is going to ruin my life. It was so scary. <laughs> I remember my parents being very angry at the end of that meeting and being like, I think you should switch majors. And I was like, okay, I'll switch to sports medicine, yeah. which I mean, obviously that's not the path I stayed on, but it's just really hard to do, to follow that and know from your first day of college, this is what I want, this is how hard I'm going to work the entire time, and I'm going to not have any fun. Not to say that people who do pre-med don't have fun, but that's the way she made it sound in that no, meeting. No, no. Instantly. Yeah. It was very scary. Scary. Yeah. It struck fear. <laughs> so after this meeting, 
Sarah and I begin our first semester of college, which we've discussed, and then we didn't have many science yeah. classes, but we were both in, for me, which ended up being the most formative yeah. class I ever took, which was my freshman seminar that I didn't even choose mm-hmm. for myself, and it was... Um, Basically, if you had started out as a biology major, you were in a freshman seminar that was centered mm-hmm. around research. And I had just been randomly placed in plants in the environment class. Or no, no. It was called plants and their response to stressful environments. <laughs> and I thought that this class was going to be the dumbest thing mm-hmm. I had ever done. Like, I literally remember, like, calling my parents and being like, what the heck? What do I yeah. do? I want to switch. Like, I want to do something better, blah, blah. I mean... It's just so funny to see how right. things work out in that. I do think that things happen for such a mm-hmm. crazy reason. But I took that class and that was the only like real science class I was in yeah. my first semester. And it was, yeah, it was like the only mm-hmm. class I liked um, because basically it was centered around botany research um and like directly researching how climate change was affecting plants um but that was like the start for me but when I took that class I really just was like okay I really like biology so it made me want to stay with biology so I knew I wasn't gonna switch because I remember debating if I was gonna switch to like pre-med or like psychology Mm -hmm. or something and I was like no I really like bio So that was, like, as far as it got me in my first semester. <laughs> All the clarity that you received, I had the opposite effect. Um, right. right. So- <laughs> <laughs> I yes. stand my professor from my seminar. He was amazing. Seriously mm-hmm. made my Pepperdine experience so wonderful. I just was... Um, one of your best professors, like, oh, yeah. one of your favorite professors, hey. hands down. Um, yeah. But my class was mm-hmm. called Invasive Predators of the Santa Monica Area. <laughs> so I'm, like, straight up getting my schedule the summer before, and I'm like, is this about, like, I thought this was about humans, like, predators, <laughs> like, child predators. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this sounds awful. <laughs> I get there. It's about crayfish and how they are invasive species and they're destroying local ecosystems. So I actually, the problem is that like I did so well in the class, like I got um, an NSF like research grant with my friend in the class, like we did great stuff. I had an amazing time. (laughs) And I do have to shout out that in this class that we both took separately, we did receive two queens to always look up to. That's so true. And I'll, and I'll shout them out. It was Natalie and Morgan. Oh, so. Our TAs were amazing. Really made the experience so much better. But like I still just want to be them when I grow up. I was so happy that I had a TA that was cool in, bio- in biology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that made all the difference. Oh, my gosh. Both of them. I'm like, you made it so I knew I could get through yes <laughs> again I was because I looked at them and said you survived you yeah, did this because they, they were, were seniors and they were doing anyway. so well um but I realized throughout the course of my class that that was the last thing I wanted to be doing um 
And so I had already switched to pre-med or sports med, but I was still stuck in this seminar. And so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to finish it out. But I knew at that moment that I was like, I don't want to do anything biology related in terms of like botany or animals. Like that's not the vibe. Like I was like, I want to be focused on humans. Humans. Or so I thought. (laughs) Then we had second semester and we took chemistry. (laughs) And I think that truly was the straw that broke the camel's back. Bro. Okay. So we took chemistry, which we've talked about. And chemistry at our school is is another big weeder class. And so there are so many Mm -hmm. first year students that take chemistry and there are so few that pursue chemistry afterwards. So because anyone that wants to do like anything in science has to take chemistry. So it was like us like Mm -hmm. bio sports med um I think anyone that was pre-med if they didn't have a science major physics had to take it and chemistry so it was like Mm -hmm. everybody and it's also like probably the smartest kids that came (laughs) to Pepperdine not all of them but like a highest percentage of like the best in their class are all now in your class so when you think you're like maybe I could get a curve and you're with every valedictorian no you're not gonna get a curve (laughs) um also because right like there were people that had gone to Pepperdine as their safety school Mm -hmm. in this class well you're also in the class because it encompassed all pre-med there would be students who were Mm -hmm. juniors and seniors taking our chemistry class who had been like I don't know they're engineering so they're doing something else this was just the only year they could fit it in or abroad or whatever right and they're way older than us so they have balanced more structure to their schedule and we're being put against them Uh, Kerrigan and I just did not succeed in that environment (laughs) no like it was was just so impersonal that was the other thing like my professor knew who we were, but did he? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, like, the whole thing was just, like, whack. Like, it's so funny looking back because I'm, like, if I had taken that class when I was a junior, I probably would have gotten an A mm-hmm. because it wasn't hard. Yeah. Like, the content wasn't this, like, super hard thing. It was just really demanding and Very. really competitive. Like, the vibe was so competitive. And I just don't want to feel like I'm competing against my classmates Mm -hmm. which also brought up more of my problems with pre-med but it was just so competitive like the environment was just like toxic and there were like people in my class that would just talk about how they were getting hundreds on tests and how it was like the easiest class ever and I never took chemist like I took one semester of chemistry in high school when I was a freshman or something like I had never taken chemistry for some reason so I was like learning all this for the first time Mm -hmm. other people had just finished AP chem because Pepperdine didn't verify AP chem right so I remember there was all these people that had literally just taken a test out of this (laughs) that were in my class (laughs) it was challenging I also okay you talked about your Enneagram I'm a nine-winged one and my one really comes out when things are unfair. And first of all, I just think college classes in general can tend to lean unfair, but um, no one yeah. across 
the campus, you're not getting the same test that the other class is getting, which is, I mean, oh, I understand for academic. Sarah, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this up. Like for academic integrity purposes, of course, we shouldn't be taking the same exact test, but the material right. that was on the test, we would find out afterwards was radically different. And so where the other classes average was incredibly high, ours was really low because we would be tested on different material or if you had the like same some teacher, people had an answer like some people had a cheat sheet yeah. on their for their test and we were like expected to memorize all of this stuff and whatever like teachers can teach however they want yeah. but it's like it just doesn't help the situation when you're like wait this other these other students like aren't worried about class mm -hmm. they're chill because they have like a huge curve yeah. and they can turn in things for extra credit and we were like why am I dying <laughs> well there's so many things I could talk about with this. The main points, I'm not even going to delve into them. It's just your teacher being available for office hours or not is huge. Your teacher right. also being your lab teacher is huge. And we didn't have that. So we had two no. different teachers trying to wrap the yeah. same subjects. And then right. and teaching in different ways. And our lab was a part of our grade. And you are randomly assigned <laughs> lab partners, which is terrible. And then... I was the only person in our lab section. Everyone else is in a group of three, and I was in a group of two. So I'm like, how in the heck is this fair that everyone else is splitting this work into thirds, and I'm splitting no. this work in no. half? So I no. have a lot of qualms with that. That's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny because my two lab mates from that year ended up being two of my good friends. I know. But it was just Mine so... Right. <laughs> wait, can we just... Wait, we need to just talk about Sarah's freshman lab mate for a second because one day she came I loved her as a person wait she was a queen yeah she was so funny mm -hmm. she was so nice first of all that was another thing there was only like five people in that class that thought things were funny Sarah and I think that actually everything is funny that's true I literally think everything is funny mm -hmm. and I also like to joke around and when I meet someone I'm like let's like vibe you know what I yeah, mean I don't want to be serious yeah, I want to play. And this girl, she would play, so I liked her. Mm -hmm. But she was so iconic to me because – okay, can you just tell the story about Halloween? So we were doing, um, I think, titration, and we were using tiny, tiny beakers. They were so Little cute. babies. They were cute. And we liked those. everyone in the class was like, these are so fun, whatever. She just looks at me. I think Kerrigan had come over because we were miserable. Because yes. I would I would literally go to yours because we would just vibe. I don't know. It was just so funny. And I would go over to Kerrigan's table to figure out what was happening because me and my partner had no help from another person. I know. And my partner was like a genius. on it. He was a genius. He remains a genius. One of the smartest people I know. Okay. So Kerrigan's over at our lab section and she looks at us. And she's like, I'm going to steal one of those beakers. And we're like, why? She's like, they would make perfect shot glasses. So throughout the class, and like, we're using these to grab chemicals and different mixtures. Acid. Yes. Yeah. And she's going in, scooping stuff up, rinsing them under the sink, and then tucking them into her gigantic lab coat, like clinking around the whole time. I think she stole like three yes. or four and used them on Halloween. Yes. Yes, I know a queen it was so funny and then she brought them back yeah she did how responsible oh anyway so we loved that but 
it was just the whole chemistry thing just was the first thing that just really messed with us and we both ended up like not doing well in the class and it's one thing like not to do well in a class like I know that that's hard and that it, it is like messes with your brain I think there's so much to be said about someone who like school was easy for me Mm -hmm. in high school yeah um I really did not have to try that hard Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I was trying so hard and I wasn't getting an A Mm -hmm. and that was just like a very foreign concept to me and so I think there's a lot of like dealing with that and realizing that like sometimes it's just like you're not like you doing all of the work doesn't mean that you're going to get an A. Yeah. However, I also think that because our first day of college, we were told if we didn't get a 4.0, we would never be able to achieve our dreams. <laughs> that made it so much worse. Yes. And so I think I did worse on tests because I had so much anxiety. Oh, I was terrified. Like, And we convinced ourselves that we were so stupid. I remember yeah. that. When we couldn't get something and our teacher legitimately wasn't available for office hours because no one in his class understood so you would go and wait for an hour and his office hours would end and everyone would be we we were like we don't know what to do and we're too dumb to figure it out and neither of us like two people who had the same class who had the same homework we couldn't get it and so we're like if we two can't put our brains together to figure this out we're just gonna go on Chegg and that was really the downfall was Chegg Yeah. 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 So then that been it. we both decided. So then it just messes you up forever. <laughs> you can't catch up. Yeah. Once you check one thing, it's over. I remember going, saying that we were studying and we would just put the big thing on the board, copy it down from Chegg on the board and just look at it. Like we were so bad. Anyway, so that class ended and I personally had this crisis that I was an idiot. Like, I literally... (laughs) No, like, I did. (laughs) So I literally was like, I am an idiot. Like, I was so afraid Mm -hmm. that I was stupid. And I remember even calling my parents and being like, I don't deserve to go to this school. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is so smart. I'm such an idiot. Like, I'll never, like, be able to do anything. Like, I literally lost my mind. Mm-hmm. And then, because also the other thing that was awful was that chemistry was taking up my entire life. So my other classes were not going great <laughs> because I couldn't even, like, it was just so bad, dude. I have this freak out that I'm an idiot. I also have this freak out that I have no idea what I want to do mm-hmm. because the only thing I liked was science. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the same time, to keep myself sane, I was still studying plants right. because it was the only thing I liked doing. Yeah. I never considered once that this would be my job, but I was like, this is what I like doing. Mm-hmm. I like my professor so much. Yeah. I like my project. I like answering questions and doing it. But my small pea brain never put that together that that was what I should pursue instead of the thing that made me miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have another thing that actually helped me a lot was that I took chemistry two at another school mm-hmm. over the summer. That was a whole nother simulation, but <laughs> I took it and suddenly it was kind of like at a community college and suddenly like 
I was at the top mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Like everything was coming easy to me. I was the one that people were like asking for help and I could tell them. And it was like the confidence boost I needed to one, like get over the trauma of my first semester of chemistry Mm -hmm. and also remind like, wait, like I know things like I am like a smart individual. I can get through this even if I don't necessarily love what I'm doing with chemistry and like with pursuing medicine. I know that like, I can stay in this major. For sure. How fun. That was my situation. <laughs> what was yours after that? <laughs> okay, second semester of college is really where I thrived. Like, I made so many friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did. I met you popped off. Like, one of our other best friends. And basically, I focused that semester school was mentally killing me I felt just so dead and also like an idiot and so I was like I just want to have fun and hang out with people so I spent I joined um our school does song fest which is like a kind of like a pitch perfect vibe but you put on a skit (laughs) (laughs) it's like a it's like organized song and dance yeah it's a really big but like you don't have to be talented Mm -hmm. to do it Anybody can do it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you were, like, the star that year. <laughs> so Whoopsies. I did get one of the lead parts for my group, and so you have rehearsal every day from 10 to midnight. Yeah. For, um, basically, I spent every day for, like, three or four weeks doing that, and so I was like, I just don't have the capacity to do school at the same time. Yeah, and yeah we both had other labs in addition to chemistry. So I was in an 18 course load, but that looked like 25 something hours because of labs. Right. So yeah, what I was going through was just like, I love being able to hang out with my friends and not feel like I'm going to fail a test by hanging out with someone. And that was just really freeing to be like, Oh, I, I don't have to spend my night miserable looking at this material. I can be running around the track, like peeing myself with laughter, having so much fun. Or I can go to In-N-Out with my friends. I can go to UCLA and like get a cookie sandwich and not think that college is miserable. My life is over. Yeah. And that was huge. that's so true. That changed so much for me. Like, and my, a lot of my friends, actually, surprisingly, my friends were really half and half. I had a lot of friends who were in not so hour intensive majors and I was like oh I'm so jealous of you because your life seems so fun. right and then I had so right. many friends who were in stem classes and doing so well and thriving I remember and I was like there just has to be a disconnect because I remember because Sarah had a lot of friends and um when we had our lab practical and we never paid attention for one lab ever because remember we were vibing in the back um Sarah called all of these friends together and I met them for the first time as they tried to explain to me some something in my little brain right before, like the hour before. I begged two of my really good friends, Andrew and Jay, and they came and taught us every lab. Like they were like, yeah. this is the formula you need. This is the formula. No, no, they literally taught us every single lab and we sat there silent, hoping to like absorb sponge up yeah <laughs> absorb and the thing was the info they didn't bring their notes to help us they just no, no, they knew. just knew and that's what and also, I knew. Nope. you know what also they knew from the semester before yeah 
I know they, they were. This wasn't class. like they had just. No, they were like, oh, it's blah 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 blah. And I was like, you took this four months ago. Anyway, so that was sorry. that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a side story. I, I guess I'm just gonna go down this story because this is honestly what happened to help me decide. Is I had been thinking like I hate this so much. Right. I'm miserable. And right. Then one night I was like hanging out with those friends. And I had a huge anatomy test the next day. And I was already yeah. screwed in anatomy because I was hanging out with my friends and never did my work and would cram and like cry and not retain anything. T, I forgot that you were in anatomy. Which is a junior level class that I was taking as a freshman. Dude, so... I forgot that you were in anatomy at the same time. I really think that's what did you in. Me too. I, I know. I think it was doing both of them at the same time. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, um, I was hanging out with my friends, having fun. Then they forced me. Like, good friends. Thank you. They put me in one of their rooms and was like, this is your book. Literally study it for an hour. Then I just had a really weird night. Like, some weird stuff happened with a friend. Like... Yeah, I just went into an emotional spiral, and yeah, basically I had a, a I, breakdown. You had a breakdown, and I saw you after that breakdown. It was bad. Like, I was not mentally okay, and I no. so I wasn't studying, and I went to oh, my anatomy. you're having a breakdown. <laughs> not not <laughs> like, like a, do a oh, book. I'm crying, like, this is bad. Like, I was not okay I should not have been seeing other no, people I remember you came home and you were like I literally like 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 I don't you were you were speechless I was having a panic attack and hysterically sobbing so then I had a migraine and like thought that you were a loser yeah so anyways <laughs> then I had a huge anatomy test and I went to talk to my professor before and I broke down in her office. I was like, I've had a horrible night. I'm so anxious about this. Like, nothing is going right. I'm already doing terribly. I don't know what to do. And she said something to me that I will never forget. And she was like, first of all, I think there's such a benefit to having professors that actually know you and small classes. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. this professor. And she was like, Sarah, I know you in class. I know that you are so full of life and so vibrant and you try so hard and you apply yourself and she's like there is no doubt in my mind that you can do this if you want to she was like but I don't think you want to and I was like ah. yeah <laughs> she was able to say what I needed to hear and wouldn't tell myself and I'm like mm. that's what it is is I'm like I just don't want to do it that's not me giving up that's right. just me being like oh this actually isn't what I enjoy studying and I don't want to do this for the oh, next eight that's years so cool I was a wreck and I was like do I have to take the test today and she was like unfortunately yes but we can see how your grade goes and I straight up got a 35% on the test I... <laughs> didn't adjust it <laughs> I remember you were like I got a 35 and my grade didn't change <laughs> and I was like oh crap but thank you to my teacher like she was like you love lab and you love you know learning right. the material she's just like right I can see that you don't want to do it because if you wanted right. to, you would. And I'm like... Exactly. Exactly. If he wanted to, he would. It applies to what you want for your life as well. And so then, I mean, I went and changed my major, like, the next week. <laughs> I was just like, goodbye. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So that took a lot of stress oh, from finishing the semester because I was like, these classes that I'm in right now, I could 
to remove from my transcript and it won't matter because they won't be going towards right. my major. So then I just had right. so much fun. It was the best semester of college. I felt so free. Um, and yeah, I think it's just so important to keep that truth of like, it's not because you're not capable of doing it. It's because you don't want to do it. And that's why you're not right. putting any effort in. And that, right. that really right. freed me up. And I, everyone I told was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. You seemed miserable. <laughs> yeah, it, it was true. Like, I didn't really witness how freed you were until I remember because we were still in these classes like we still had to finish right so it was like we were still kind of imprisoned by that (laughs) but then I remember when I called you for the first time when you were abroad Mm -hmm. or maybe when you came visited me abroad or no when you came and visited me before you went abroad and I just was like oh she just likes her life yeah and she's like into all these other things and like isn't trying to be something that you're not Mm -hmm. and I really witnessed that for you however I stayed in confusion land for quite some more time (laughs) um I started my sophomore year of college I was like I'm sticking through this like I'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. I can do this whatever And I kind of started to, like, evaluate, okay, I was like, okay, like, I'm probably gonna have to redo some of these classes later, but, like, whatever, like, my, like, I'm gonna keep pursuing something Mm -hmm. in this realm. And so I kept trying. I did a semester with, like, cell bio, and things were going better. Mm -hmm. I realized I just wasn't good at chemistry, but really was good at bio, um, kind of just like kept going through then I went abroad and that like really lifted my spirits because I wasn't like feeling like I was competing against my classmates and I needed a break like that environment was so interesting the like bio major people because some of them ended up being like some of my best friends and they're so important to me but some of them were just it was just this weird environment where you felt like you couldn't at least in my experience like I only know what I felt Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't fully trust people yeah I felt like people were always trying to like know the stats of everyone else around Mm -hmm. you and there was also this terrible culture where people would be like oh what did you get on your test here's what I did and it was like it was so hard for me my sophomore year to really kind of like start to understand like oh my best on a test is the best on my test like I can't compare that to someone else's best because that's their story and their life and they have other things going on Mm -hmm. that either allows them to be better at this subject or they have more time to study or whatever and so when I went I left my sophomore year I went to London then I went to New Zealand really randomly I went to study the sustainability program because all this time I was still working in the plant lab and I really liked learning about sustainability and climate change Mm -hmm. And so I knew I wanted to take my religion class through this New Zealand program. And I was just like sitting in this class being like, wait, this is what I like doing. Like every day I would just talk about solutions to climate change and how it was so important. And I was like, this is the only thing I care about. And 
at the same time, I knew this was all I cared about, but I didn't know like what that meant for my future or my career. Like I was like, well, I can change my whole personal life to kind of like fit into this passion project thing, but I still going to like stick with this pre-med thing. And I think for me, because I knew I wanted to stay with bio, at least everyone in my biology, biology class, like everyone was pursuing medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, there were really few people that wanted to go against the grain of that. So I just kind of like kept going because I thought that's what we were all doing or I thought that was all I could do. And I knew I didn't want to study anything else. And so then I went on to my junior year of college. I entered HRL. I kind of started like branching out into new things. I got more involved in my sorority. I got, I met more people. I really started like prioritizing friendships Mm -hmm. and like my personal life and what I do on the side and things like that kind of like what you were saying in your second semester like I was like wait I really like my life when I'm not studying (laughs) yeah like when I'm not like studying for something I don't care about exactly and it was really my junior year where I was like why do I just have no idea what I'm gonna do So then I like kind of flip-flopped around and I was like, maybe I could be a veterinarian because that seems like more, like that's what my mom does and that's more like with the environment, like I could do something like that. Yeah. And then I just remember I participated in this summer undergraduate research in biology thing that was pretty competitive, I'll say it. And it was (laughs) funded by the NSF and it was just a bunch of us kids I don't know but from like across the country including from kids from Pepperdine and we all did this like summer project and it was just full research mm-hmm. and I really only applied because again like all I liked doing was my research yeah. and so I was like why wouldn't I just spend a summer working on it mm-hmm. and so I was doing that I met one of my like now one of my best friends Mari and she was so into it and was, like, she went to a big um, research school where it was, like, way more popular to not just pursue medicine. And I met a lot more people that were, like, I'm not just going to pursue medicine. Like, they all wanted to do research. And that was really – I think I knew I was going to pursue research before that, but that was when it really solidified for me. It was, like, oh, wait, like, this is what I want to do. And there is a community of people that want to do the same thing as me. Mm -hmm. And like meeting Mari, I was like, wait, there's these cool, awesome people that want to do the same thing as me Mm -hmm. and don't think it's weird that I just want to spend all my time in the plant lab because everyone else thought that was weird. And everyone else thought it wasn't a career or I don't know, not that it wasn't a career, but I think people just didn't get it because that wasn't what they wanted. Or you don't see a lot of it. Like, your friend yeah when you're growing up people aren't like I want to be a lab manager or I want to run a research facility people don't say those right things, so you don't perceive them as normal whereas people everyone is like I want to be a doctor I want to be a nurse and so it's just that right we've been telling ourselves this for years <laughs> right and that was when I just like I met so many awesome scientists mm-hmm. and I was like wait this is what I want to do yeah this is it now and so it just like I just remember when that finally clicked it just freed me from so much worrying Mm -hmm. about 
like every single grade I've ever gotten if I had hours if I had whatever like and I was like oh my gosh I actually like what I'm doing yeah like this is what I'm passionate about and I don't really care if other people in my major aren't doing the same thing mm-hmm. and I just kind of started owning it and I think too like for research it's important to still have a good GPA of course I feel like for anything mm-hmm. some if you want to pursue school after yeah. undergrad I think it matters but it's like my research is what matters the most it's not my GPA and I know for med school it's more about your GPA and so that relieved me of so much stress oh it was just so nice when I realized what I actually wanted to do and I think it's like what you said like you can go on for so long doing something you don't want to do because you've convinced yourself that's what you wanted Mm -hmm. and like I I just remember every time I thought that I didn't want it, I would think about my younger self mm-hmm. being like, this is all I want. Mm-hmm. And f- I felt like I was like failing that person. Yeah. And I had to remember that like 18 year old Kerrigan wasn't exposed to all of these different things that yeah. when I was 21, I was exposed to. And so that's kind of how I got over it. And now I actually do something that I really love and care about. And I think about going to work and I'm excited. Love. (laughs) So. Yeah. And I don't think I'm an idiot. So. There's just so much to the pre-med thing that I think revolves around the idea of what we talked about in the beginning. Like you, the smart kids go to law school, medical school, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so I think for a lot of our friends, we had a ton of friends who were on the pre-med track and then switched to something else, like a ton of people. Right. So and normal. I have friends that stayed. Yeah. I have friends that have gone into medical school. Right. I have friends that have gone to medical school. And I think that they're amazing and awesome. Yeah. But I also think that that is their purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that was what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And so I'm happy that they're achieving that. It's just one of those things that you mentally have to shift that perspective and from hearing these things your whole life and say doing this doesn't mean I'm not smart doing this doesn't mean that I'm living up to my full potential or whatever it's just right doing something you actually enjoy will make you so much happier in the long run like you kept going back to the plant lab because it was like this is what I want to do yeah what I like to do it was the only thing that made me happy yeah like academically and then it's just finding out how that can fit into actual life and a career and something else but right yeah there's just that notion of like Uh, I'm not smart if I'm not maximizing my brain to the fullest potential or like exhausting myself mentally studying it's like you can be so smart and exert one percent of effort actually work smarter not harder (laughs) right right or it's like I know some people that are still pre-med and I'm like would I trust you to like make a good decision on something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's I'm not like people who pursue medicine are not superhuman. True. True. Like they are of course, I think that they are good at school mm-hmm. and test taking and all these things, but I also think that they're like not this unattainable thing. Yeah. Um And I still have people, like, even when I was applying to graduate school this year, I had someone be like, do you, like, why did you never, like, choose to go, like, for medicine? Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, it's not what I want. Yeah. Simple as <laughs> and that. And they like didn't get it. They were like, tell me more about that. And I'm like, it's just not what I, it's <laughs> not what everyone wants. Right. There's just, yeah. I would be miserable. For me, there was so much freedom in, I switched my major completely to advertising. So different. Right. Field, different, whatever. And I was like, for some reason, it just didn't click in my head that college could be fun you know like I was like I'm going to learn so that I can do this and do this not like right I'm going to college to become a better human to become more well-rounded to develop relationships whatever and like the opportunities that I had and the things that I did I would have never been able to do if I stayed pre-med because I wouldn't have had the time to do them and some people make that choice and then they work their butt off to do other things as well I'm like that's just not me like I can't that's not going to help me thrive. That's not how I'm going to function best. Like I need, I'm a person who needs time and space to process things and needs time to reset and recoup. And so I'm like having a major that was flexible and having the ability to take classes that I actually loved was so freeing and yeah. Yeah. Just so fun. Yeah. And honestly, for me, like I continued to work incredibly hard in school. Um, it was like the majority of my time I was spent studying and working, but it just, I was, it was, I wanted to do it because I was a working towards a goal I actually wanted. And so I think that's important too. Like it, it, you just have to evaluate what, what do you actually want and don't be scared to admit it. Yeah, We've also talked about this a lot because we had such different majors and we mm-hmm. lived in the same home. And it's like, <laughs> I think that my major to a lot of people is like, oh, she didn't have any work or anything to do. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have to go to the library and buckle down like Kerrigan because I don't have a test. But I do have right. like a 120 day long project that I have to work on right. every single day. Right. So it's just acknowledging that there are different types of work. There are different things that are challenging, like not everyone can do science and math. And similarly, not everyone can come up with big ideas or put things creatively. I could creatively. never do that. It's just... I could never create anything. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> like, I literally, if I had to do any of the work that you were doing your senior year, I would have failed every time. No. Believe in yourself. <laughs> Okay, true, but, like, it would have been bad. It's just different strengths and whatever, and so it's, like... Exactly, because we're not all supposed to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. We have friends who do computer science. I'm, like, I would never, ever want to do that, but I'm so happy Yeah, you my are. life would be over. Or we have friends who are in political science. I'm, like, that makes me want to throw up everywhere, yeah. but I'm so happy well, that you're doing it and that you're finding this out, like... Just all of these yeah. things. And so it's, why was it so hard for us to turn that switch off that pre-med just might not be the thing? And it just all comes back down to our hypothesis. It's evil. <laughs> it's evil. There's just too much pressure on kids who join pre-med. Yeah. Too much. And in reality, too much. the people who get into pre-med, like we would do these exercises in, if you had to take pre-med or if you were on the pre-med track, you had to go to a pre-med class, like a specific class. Mm which sucked Mm. so bad, but you would look at people's applications and the reality was that I found it encouraging, honestly, because it was like the people who got in (laughs) were the people who 
did things. And so it was like, you're seeing the girl in my class That's who has a 4.0. True. Who is making herself miserable over anatomy and biology and all this stuff and never goes out. Right. And never has any time to do anything. But she no. doesn't have anything yeah. else in her resume other than a 4.0. Yeah. And you would look at, and people would come in, like not just our teacher, other people in the industry, in the field, and they would say, I would pick this person because they're well-rounded, because they have experience, because they show me there's more to them than just this. And I'm like, yeah, that is what we should And also, when you go to medical school, when you want to go, you have to get interviewed. And if you have zero social (laughs) skills, you think that's going to go well? I don't think so. And I think about my experiences with doctors, and I'm like, the ones that I've had the best experiences were with people that were actual people and didn't give me robot vibes Mm -hmm. i think there's a time and a place for robot people but i just (laughs) think that (laughs) if you're i think if you want to pursue medicine and you're like but i have a soul and i have things i want to do and i have a life that i want to live outside of school i do think you can you can achieve that if you want it enough Mm -hmm. And you just have to evaluate that. T, for anyone listening who's in high school or college or even middle school or graduate school or whatever, just take a look at the things, like literally get a list and write down, these are things that I do that bring me joy. These are things that I do that bring me stress. Because for both of us, it was like the classes and the courses and the work required to get into this pre-med and the mental space that it takes up is all stressful it's not exciting yeah it's not fun and it's yeah it it was like I was stressing about something I didn't give a rip about (laughs) (laughs) what when I decided to change my major I called both my parents and my mom was like I mean could you imagine doing this for the next eight years I'm like no I can't no I want to have fun and I And the truth is, like, whatever you choose to do is going to cause you some stress, right? Like, Sarah was taking these classes that she really enjoyed but would have weeks where she was like, I'm going to rip my hair out because my project is so terrible. I was taking classes I really loved and I was doing research I really loved. But when I needed to write my thesis, it was really tough and scary and stressful. But when you create those lists, you're like, but the stress is worth it. I'm stressing about something I care about i'm stressing about something i want yeah, it also and brings a different you joy kind of stress <laughs> exactly and that's a different kind of stress that you can manage i think because you see the light at the end of the tunnel amen we really went on a little rant there but oh i feel good i feel cathartic just an interesting thing to go through but so many of our friends went through it and yeah it's just a powerful thing to be to acknowledge when something is not for you and step away from that and step into something that actually fits you and suits you so even if that's the opposite like I came into school as a theater major and then I discovered that I love science like lean into what makes you happy literally do that it sounds so cheesy and I would think the same thing hearing this at like 18 like shut up you don't know anything but it's like actually you're gonna be miserable for the rest of your life if you don't enjoy what you're you're doing so much and yeah it don't work towards something that you don't even care about that's the bottom line bottom line bottom dollar bet your bottom dollar on it all right you guys that was an 
I think it was cathartic for both me and Sarah to really just take us back mm. and send a little message to little baby, freshly 18, yes. Sarah and Kerrigan. But we hope that you enjoyed. Just as a reminder, we are on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, mm -hmm. but on Apple and on Spotify, you can leave us a review Ooh. and a rating, and it really helps us out if you do that. So would love for you to let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. Please keep up with our Instagram at I knew you'd understand and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.